Welcome back to yet another episode of Sports with a Z and a T. I'm Bryce Lewinsky alongside Taylor Lattimore. We are brought to you by Godzilla Media, sponsored by Saving Face Barbershop and Mohawk Honda. Taylor, it's, you know, this is going to be a safe <laughs> space for me tonight. I, I'm i not going to try, try to keep it that way. I, I was going to say, let's keep it to a safe space. <laughs> I, I don't want to throw the computer across the room. I want to get through a 45-minute episode without feeling sadness depression, anger, <laughs> anxiety, doubt, uh, any other adjective I can think of, um, pain, hurt, um, upsetness. I'm just going to create, I'm just going to create oh words at God. this point. No, but, um, we have a lot to get to. We have the NBA final four in place. Not exactly what we expected when we signed we got off two out of three, or got- two out of four. Two, two out, out of four. four. Yeah, we have two out of four. We have uh, the <laughs> Team USA roster coming out. Uh, we have a potential college football playoff expansion that we'll get to. We have the MLB foreign substance policy as well that's got put into place. And then uh, some big news in the NFL as well that we will get to. So big show. Let's start right off the rip, Taylor. I mean, like I said, the NBA Final Four is set and underway. Uh, like I said, Clippers and the Phoenix Suns are your Western Conference matchup, which is a very good matchup in my opinion. However, we are missing two superstars. Uh, CP3 is out with COVID still. Mm -hmm. Questionable if he is going to play in the series. Um, They're thinking maybe around game four. If there's a game five, he might be able to come back. But other than that, they're really not sure he did, in fact, test positive for COVID. That's where the absence is more long. It's not like he has to go through just simple safety procedures and get back on the court. He is positive for COVID. And uh, Kawhi is out with the knee sprain, which has more recently come out that it's more likely an ACL injury. So I'm not really sure if you're going to see Kawhi in this series either. Um, There's still question marks. However, Suns are up one, nothing game two, you know, will be already done and over with by the time the show airs on Wednesday, it's Tuesday night. Uh, And then obviously the topic I don't want to discuss, which is in the Eastern (laughs) conference is, the Milwaukee Bucks, which great, you know, that that was a very good series. We'll get to that in a little bit. And then the Hawks took out my Sixers in seven games. And uh, ooh, I don't know if anybody had Hawks on their bingo card in the Eastern Conference Finals, but here they are. And uh, I, I mean, needless to say, there is definitely going to be a team that wins the NBA championship that hasn't won in over four decades. Mm-hmm. Between the last four teams, the last championship was in 1971. So it's going to be a hot minute. And I believe that. That's the Bucks, right? Correct, yes, it, it was yeah. the Bucks, And uh, well, the Clippers, was, have ne- Clippers have never won. Sindor. Clippers have never won. Suns <laughs> have never won. And the nope. Hawks last won in 1953 when they were the St. Louis Hawks. So, um yeah, it's been a minute, the and, these are te- <laughs> and these are teams, you know, you had all the fans in the beginning of the year, Lakers, Nets, uh, Sixers, Clippers. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, it's probably not going to end up that. I mean, Clippers might show up in there, but these are all teams that, I mean, if, if you like fresh blood, you're, you're going to love it. If, if you like the, you know, classic matchups with the Lakers in there, you want to see LeBron in the finals, or you want to see superstars like Kevin Durant. This is not the postseason for you. No, it's not. But I mean, there's still some star power. I mean, we we can't discount these. These are the stars of the future, and these are the guys we're going to be talking about, like the LeBron Jameses, like the Kevin Durant's. It's going to be the Devin Booker, and you know, I mean, Kawhi is already there, and obviously, we hope that he he gets healthy and he plays. But this is Paul George's game right now, uh, on the Western side, and then on the East, you have Giannis, who is is the future and he's now he's he's one of the best players in the league and um i think he has holes in his game personally so i wouldn't say that he's the best even if he were to win the championship but he's up there and then trey young who's this young guy who's just coming on the scene this is his playoff debut and if he were to somehow get to the finals and win it i mean that would be quite quite the debut that'd be on par with you know like magic when he came out as a rookie and, and won the championship and it's 
it, it's going to be impressive either way. And it's fun. Uh, I, I think if you're a true NBA fan and you're not just like a casual fan who loves to see, you know, Kevin Durant go up against, uh, you know, LeBron James, Steph Curry and LeBron James going at it. I think you, you're you're excited to see something different. I mean, a couple of years ago, it was Warriors, Cavs, Warriors, Cavs, Warriors, Cavs, and then Warriors, and then the Raptors, and it was still the Warriors. So this is the first like finals in what ten years that isn't going to feature Steph Curry or LeBron James. I think that was the stat. So which is which is a wild stat, and like you said, it is new superstars. I mean, we we all knew Devin Booker was a superstar for a while, just. Sure. You didn't really 71 points. I mean, come on now. He, 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 I mean, he's been absolutely incredible in, in the postseason this year and really all year. Um, but, but he has been a name that, I mean, true basketball fan, I'm not true basketball fans, but like the non-casual basketball fans have already known about Booker and know yeah. how good he is, but you're starting to see him more on the national stage, obviously, because this is his first taste of the playoffs the Suns have always been so bad. Um, he started getting that recognition really in the bubble last year and all throughout this year. And, and he is a rising star. Um, it's a shame that CP three got removed from that equation for now, but we'll see. Maybe he does come mm -hmm. back. And then with the Hawks and Trey young, I mean, these are two guys with Booker and young that are, were just known as shooters, right? Mm -hmm. They would, they would throw up 30 field goals game and hope half of them went in and they you know, go home with a 30 point statistic. Um, these are guys that have improved defensively. They're not taken off the court when they need a defensive stop and, and they've just improved their overall game. And Devin Booker is still only 24, which is hard to believe because it feels like he's mm -hmm. been in the league for a very long time. He has, but he's only 24. Trey Young's only 22, who has been an absolute rock star throughout the playoffs. I mean, I, I can't stand them for the life of me, but respect <laughs> where respect is due. I mean, um, you get Trey, to the Eastern Conference Finals, you, you got to give it up for them. So this is definitely a fresh face. Um, shout out to the local Albany, New York, Shen kid, Kevin Herter, for mm -hmm. stepping up in Game 7 and crushing my dreams as well. Um, <laughs> as a Shen kid myself, like like it was like, and I was, I was talking to one of my buddies who I went to Shen with, and it was like, you know, it sucks because it's the Sixers. I want to root for Kevin Herter as well, but mm -hmm. stop. Like, not, <laughs> not, like, not now. Okay. Not, not against my team. Not now. <laughs> um, you already showed up this postseason. Just, just take game seven off. Fake an injury. No, <laughs> uh, massive congratulations to Kevin Herter. Um, look, the Suns were the more interested team it seemed like they worked harder um their star showed up which is can't be said for a certain star <laughs> on the Sixers side um and I'm not talking about Joel Embiid um <clears throat> who I mean did all he could on a torn meniscus I mean mm -hmm. I, I love Joel Embiid will forever love Joel Embiid but it's time to surround him with a little more talent and I'll leave it at that if you want to hear my rant on the Sixers tune into made for Philly tomorrow mm -hmm. on our live Periscope on our Twitter account that's mm -hmm. where the fun will be it, it won't be here I'll leave it at that I'm disappointed I'm upset but the Hawks wanted it more and they got it yeah I think the Hawks played smarter they played harder um, and on Philly side, I'll, I'll, I'll sum it up pretty quickly. Joel Embiid did all he could. Um, and Ben Simmons did not. Ben Simmons wasn't, was, an, was <laughs> really? a no show. He, he was a no show. He took uh, what, like four shots in all of the fourth quarters combined, 19 points in total with the last two, like fourth quarters. It, it's just, no, last three games, I think he he totaled 19 points. He didn't and, have a double-digit point game. Yeah, game five through seven, he he had 19 points total. And that's just unacceptable. The Sixers are going to need to figure out what to do. Obviously, I don't think you can keep Ben Simmons at this point. Ben Simmons, ben Simmons, to be successful, I think, needs his own team. And if he's going to be a point guard, he needs to be surrounded by complete shooters from two to five, like all of them have to be able to shoot like upwards of 40% from three in order for him to be the facilitator, because he, he has to be the only person on the court who can't shoot and Joel Embiid can shoot, but he's better 
on the post. We all know this. And so if Joel Embiid is playing, you want to be able to get him on the post and have people to shoot on the outside that he can pass to. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Congrats to the the Hawks and Trey Young. Um, he was amazing. He, I know he irks you and he has a certain play style. That's kind of like James Harden's and where he, he, he beats the system to where he gets the fouls he needs, but we talked about rules. this last episode. Yeah, we, right? did, we did. So yeah. you give him props for what he does and it's completely within the rules and he, he's a rising star and it's going to be, it's fun to watch him. And I'm excited to see who wins this because like we said off the top of this show, it's going to be someone new. It's going to be someone who hasn't won in fit like 50 years or more. It's like, it, it's exciting. It's exciting to see who's going to win. And either you're going to get CP3 is going to win his, fir- his first ring, and he definitely deserves one. He's had a Hall of Fame career. He's already in the Hall of Fame. He's arguably top five already. If he gets a ring, maybe sol- solidly top five. And then you get Paul George and Kawhi. Obviously, Kawhi's ho- we hope that Kawhi comes back. I don't know if he's going to come back, but it is encouraging that it's not like an ACL tear that he needs surgery. Obviously, he would be done, but he's not. He's going through rehab, so there's a chance... They're gonna he's gonna come back. What's probably gonna happen is the Clippers are gonna go down 0-2 tonight, and then he's gonna come back and they're gonna go, you know, come back from 0-2 again. Um, but and then on the other side, the Suns are the the Bucks. I mean, if Giannis gets a ring, that'll do wonders for his his career outlook. I mean, he he gets rat on a lot for not being able to shoot as well. At least he's not afraid to take those shots, <clears throat> Ben Simmons. But um <laughs> I but thought you least, said you were done. I know I had to get one more in, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, so Giannis, it would do uh, a lot for his, uh, his rising legacy. If you were to uh, get a ring and the bucks can kind of not be the team that I, a couple weeks ago, even last, uh, last episode of the episode before that, when they were O2 on the nets, I was saying that this is the same buck season that happens every time where they hit a wall and it's just Giannis is not that guy yet to take them over the hump but i mean he had a great game seven 40 point game seven you can't beat that he well kevin durant almost did with about an inch of his foot off of the line to to make that three to win which would have been incredible but yeah it's exciting i i'm i'm excited to see who wins i don't have a dog in this race really at all so i'm just here for the ride i mean with that being said i mean at least for me and and i've been overplaying this pretty much all day like i have so many cons for almost every team at this point well you don't know if cp3 is going to be back do they have enough firepower against a team like the bucks well the clippers is Kawhi going to be back well you go look at the bucks and can they outshoot and do they have enough to stick with a very hot hawks team and do the hawks have an answer for Giannis? There's question marks on every single team, and I've been battling with myself trying to figure out who is going to go to the finals. And the sexy pick, everybody wants to, you know, get on the trend of picking the Hawks to beat the Bucks. I was wrong twice on the Hawks already. I mean, I picked them to lose to the Knicks for crying out loud, and obviously I wasn't going to pick them to beat the the Sixers. Um, I, I... I'm going to keep doubting them, man. Like, I, I mean, <laughs> if, if they, if they beat the Bucks, then I don't, I don't know what else to say, but I, I just, I have a hard time seeing them beating the Bucks after the Bucks squeak by the nets like that coming down from two Oh down. Now I get it. Some injuries impacted the remainder of that series. And I'm not so sure the Bucks are in the Eastern conference finals. If Kyrie doesn't get hurt and then if Harden doesn't get hurt, However, um, I think <laughs> I think the Bucks have to be my favorite in the East at this point, and then I'm still looking at the Clippers. I like the Suns. I really hope the Suns make it, but I think the Clippers, if Kawhi gets back, which gut feeling says it's going to be after tonight, um, mm-hmm. my gut is that Kawhi shows up for the series when it comes back to L.A., I, I don't know. I, I think it's I think it's Clippers Bucks in the finals, and if that's the case, that's going to be one hell of a series. Yeah. See, it's so on the east side. You have two teams that are relatively healthy. You have 
the Bucks and the Hawks. They don't have like an injury to speak of. Bogdanovich's then, knees acting up. That's a question mark. Yeah, but like Bogdanovich isn't he's important. Not no, don't get me wrong, but he's not like the key to their like success. Not like the other side, um, like the West side. Um, if Trey Young were injured, it would be a different story. But it's it's really hard because if the the Bucks they fought hard against the Nets, and I agree with you. If Kyrie doesn't get injured, I don't think that they win. And certainly, if Harden were able to come back 100, percent and if all three of them were playing, I think it would be you know damn near a sweep uh, for the Nets. But I think that's more of an indictment on Giannis and his shortcomings when it comes to shooting the free throws and shooting in general. Um, but if the Bucks can do what they did kind of like at, towards the end of that series, especially in game seven in game seven, Giannis was still able to put up 40 points because they were putting him in the right situations. They were isoing him on the, the one side and literally everyone else was on the other side of the court and they just let him go to work like in the low post facing up on, you know, Blake Griffin or whoever it was. And he, if they could get a switch onto a, a you know a, a mismatch, they were going to go for it, and they did. But I think that's the key to victory, even against this Hawks team, because there's not a standout defender. I mean, maybe Clint Capella, but he might be a little too slow to put on Giannis. And John Collins is good, but he might not be strong enough to put on Giannis. And so, if I think if they put him in the right situations, the Bucks and Bootenholzer, um, I think that the Bucks will win this series. But then again, I'm, I'm like you, I like, we picked against the Hawks twice now and twice we've been wrong. So it's like, at what point uh, are we going to be right? Or are we just going to continue being just, strong and Trey Young is going to put it up? And, and that's just it. Like right. if the, if the Hawks beat the Bucks, like, I don't know if I'm picking them to beat the Suns or the Clippers. <laughs> so like, I know, I, I know. I, 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 look, they keep proving us wrong. Like, look, I mean, Cinderella is good for not for, you know, for a good stretch and yeah, they're playing hot, but I don't think they're NBA championship caliber. I, I'm I'm going to say that, but I, look, they're the hot hand right now. I think it's fair to say that like Trey young, I don't think he's ready to be that guy. I mean, he's shown to be that guy through two series, but it's, you know, it's only going to get harder the farther you go. And it's his first playoff season. I don't, I playoff series. Er, like per, per, first postseason run, I don't think it's unfair to say that I don't. I think that he needs to get a couple in him before he gets the experience up uh, to be able to do it. But who knows? I mean, maybe they just keep doing what they're doing. And then on the West side, it's so tough because it all hinges upon you know Kawhi returning and CP3 returning. If the Clippers can get a win tonight, I think it'll go a huge way for them in this series. I don't think going like no one has come back from down 2-0 in one series twice. They already did that. So I'm sure it's never happened three. Obviously, it's never happened three times. And so it would be so hard. I feel like if they go down 2-0, regardless of Kawhi coming back, not playing a couple games for them to come back against the Suns team, which is it's been red hot. They've been the hottest team in the playoffs so far because they haven't had to play many games. They haven't lost a game since they lost to the Lakers in what game three. And they just haven't looked back and they did it without uh, Chris Paul last time. It was a very close game, but I think they're pretty evenly matched when they're missing Kawhi and, and CP three. Um, but C- Kawhi and CP three do different things. CP three is kind of like, you know, the, the floor general and he gets them in and out of their offense and he can call the shots on defense. Whereas Kawhi is like, your go-to scorer and your go-to defender. So maybe you put him on Devin Booker and you can slow him down a little bit. Um, but I don't know. I If I have to pick one, if, if Kawhi can come back, I pick the Clippers. But if he can't, then obviously I'm going to go, I'm going Suns. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting, uh, uh, certainly conference finals. And then no matter what the matchup is going to be a story filled NBA finals. Obviously we'll have a better idea of what we might be looking at come next week's episode game two tonight for the Western conference finals. And then uh game one for the Eastern conference finals is Wednesday night. I believe correct me I if I'm wrong the, on that. I th- yes. Or they're both tonight. No, I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know. I I stopped Taylor. Oh, I man. stopped caring. <laughs> I don't. Once my teams no, are yeah, out, the, sun, the sun's tonight. 
yeah. Sun, Clippers Suns tonight, and then yeah, they'll go every other day. Okay. So Hawks and Bucks so, tomorrow. So we'll leave that, put that to bed till next week, and uh, we're about a month away, Taylor, from believe it or not. The Olympics that were supposed to be last year, the Summer Olympics out in Tokyo, mm-hmm. uh, obviously did not happen because of COVID last year. There won't be any fans. It won't be any spectators, very minimal um, spectators at the Olympics out in Tokyo with a lot of COVID testing and all the protocols put in place. With that being said, Team USA still has to put together their basketball squad. And obviously, Team USA should win the gold medal they should be the favorites no matter who's on this roster as they're simply (laughs) there and they they are the favorites they're the more superior team 10 of the 12 spots on the roster are filled already and i will read you the list right now and uh i have a problem with it and i'll get to that in a minute bam Adebayo from the heat bradley beal from the wizards devin booker from the suns kevin durant from the nets Draymond Green from the Warriors, Damian Lillard from the Trailblazers, Kevin Love from the Cavs, Chris Middleton from the Bucks, and Jason Tatum from the Celtics, and James Harden from the Brooklyn Nets. Look, either way you slice it, I mean, it's a, it's an absolutely stacked lineup. Um, and, and All 12 are filled about It's Brooke Lopez and... Um, did they announce the final 12? Drew Holiday. Drew, Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday and Brooke Lopez. Yep. So the final 12 is announced and this will be finalized in training camp in Las Vegas. Um, I have a problem with James Harden being on this team. And, and if you're a Nets fan, you should too. And the reason I say that is this man battled all year with a hamstring injury. He clearly was not a hundred percent in the playoffs. He clearly was not a hundred percent when he came back from a hamstring strain that realistically probably keeps you out a month or two, but played after two playing. definitely shouldn't have been playing in the series. Clearly wasn't a hundred percent. So you're telling me in a month, instead of recovering and getting ready for the, and this really applies to, I mean, look the, to not have Kevin Durant on the team USA roster is almost criminal, but at the same point, You've already won gold medals, right? You've already been there, done that. You said after after you lost to the Bucks that you're going to spend this summer getting healthy, recovering, and doing what it takes to gear back and go get this thing out in 2021, 2022. But yet you're healthy enough to go play in the Olympics and risk your health for that. I, I, I look, if I'm a Nets fan, I'm saying what could possibly go wrong? Oh, absolutely everything. I mean, I I definitely see your point. Uh, I, it it is a risk, but the flip side, I'll play devil's advocate for for James Harden and the Nets and Nets fans. Maybe he wants more reps with Kevin Durant because they've only played like what what is it now 11 games together <laughs> like so maybe he's just trying to get more reps in uh with his with his guy uh Kevin you get, Durant you can get reps in uh at the at your local gym and uh not get hurt in a you know stretch of olympic games where you know the gold medal is on the line let team usa oh. win like like look i understand it a, a lot of people's dream and it if you get the opportunity absolutely go and get a gold medal but for I just let's not be Carmelo Anthony here and, and think we're successful at things because we have a bunch of gold medals. <laughs> you want to win an NBA championship. <laughs> like, Gaz is not Gaz is gonna be listening to this and he's not gonna <laughs> like that. He's not gonna like that at all. <laughs> but do you see my point? Like, no, you I, j- less than a week ago, you not even a week, like two days ago. You sat on that podium and said your goal is to get healthy and be ready to go get an NBA championship in 2022. Two days later, I I mean, your hamstring hasn't fully recovered. It might not even be fully recovered in a month, and you're already committing to Team USA? Come on, man. All right. I'll, I'll give you another point. Um, that, that kind of plays. You're trying. I, I give you credit. You're really trying, but <laughs> no, I've, I've got these points. I mean, so, so also you, you know, look at it this way. This, this team is 
absolutely stacked. Is there any team that you can think of off the top of your head? Maybe the Slovenian team, if Luke is playing for them, is going to put up any trouble with this team. Um, Spain is supposed to be very strong once again this year, but I mean, they Argentina playing- usually puts up a, a decent squad too. Why isn't a guy like Zion Williamson on this roster? That's the type of player that should be on Team USA at this point. I don't want James Harden, if I'm a Nets fan, with his broken hamstrings to go out to Tokyo and do God knows what. I mean, I, he'll he'll be searching all the nightclubs in Tokyo. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's definitely a part of why James Harden probably wants yeah, to I was about saying, wants explore, I mean, wants to explore this, and, the, and, and the, the Olympic village I hear gets a little frisky. Um, um Serbia so, for certain. So I mean, they have a regardless. I mean, they don't even need the superstars of the NBA. They have enough to win the gold medal that, that that's not the conversation. Um, Serbia's Jokic isn't playing for Serbia. So okay. they're pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Um, And they were the silver medalists back in 2016. They're going to have a harder road to even qualify. Spain, like I said, figures to be a threat. Um, If Salini, I'm not sure if Luca is playing for that. I haven't. I haven't heard that Luca is like. Look, look, we're still a month away, but a lot of the win. But they put up a fight at least. Like Luca is an offense onto himself, depending no matter who is out there. So uh, all I'm saying is he's going to have a lot of times where they're blowing out teams, and he. You can know rest. what? Now that I'm looking at this roster. Yep. It, and look, if you're on Spotify, you have no idea why I'm pausing. But I'm just Kevin Durant and Draymond Green are on Team USA. <sighs> Did we all of a sudden forgive and forget? Like, I, I, mean, I mean, it has been clear who blames who and who doesn't like who in that relationship. I think they've had, they've done like interviews in the past couple of years where they were like, oh, it was all blown out of proportion. At least that's what they say. Also, by the way, Luca is going to play for the Slovenian Is it good? Team. Good. Yep. Good. Yep. He is. That's exciting. Um, yeah. Not that they have a chance, but it's another superstar It'll from another country. Right. He, he um, they could probably get silver, honestly. I mean, Luca's really good, obviously. Um and just another reminder, uh Greg Popovich is now the head coach, um, taking over for Mike Shashevsky, who is obviously retiring after this year for the Duke Blue Devils. So he wants to focus on the Duke season. He's not gonna deal with Team USA anymore. And uh look, listen, if 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 they were to lose Let's just put it out there. It would be a crime. Like it would literally be a crime for them to lose. It would be just like that. Uh, what the was dream it, team 2.0 or yeah. the, it was, uh, was I it remember three or whatever. Allen Iverson was on it. Jason Kidd LeBron, was on it. LeBron, LeBron, LeBron was on. I mean, it was just, it, they should have won and they didn't, but this team Kobe was on it. Yeah. 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 It was, yeah. And then they had the redeem team after that, where they won the, the next team. Olympics. I, I remember but, yeah, but uh, this team should win. I mean, they're—it's an absolutely stacked team. Like, it's hard to believe. I mean, we're sitting here recording July uh, twenty or June twenty-second, and then July twenty-third, the Olympics start. So, yeah. um, I'm literally a month away when this show airs. So, I mean, it's exciting. I don't—I'm not huge on the Olympics. I—I I, got to be honest with you. I don't really watch them that much. If they're on when I'm browsing, I'll watch. But I don't go out of my way to really watch. They're going to be doing most of their stuff while we're like asleep. So it's it's hard to watch them. Um, but also, I agree with you. When Michael Phelps was doing his thing, like I was watching that. I remember Absolute, that as a kid. Absolutely. Like I would and tune then, like, in to see every single race of his. The women's soccer team, you always what you watch that. And then I remember watching the men's soccer team when they made that run a couple years some ago. Women's gymnastics, you know, Simone Biles. She's Simone Biles, the greatest of all time. Uh so yeah, I will watch a little of that. But other than that, and like Usain Bolt when he was when he was running, I was I was watching those because that was must see, you know, TV world breaking sprinter fastest man to ever walk the earth kind of thing so you had to watch that but uh, i like watching them if they're on um i don't really have cable nowadays i do a lot of streaming um so that makes it difficult as well um but you know 
I'm excited and I'm all for Team USA. It's like I'm not like super patriotic all the time. I'm not always like, you know, rah rah USA, but when America. it comes to the Olympics, America. beat their ass. I want to beat the world. America. <laughs> and, and usually, usually the US, uh, of course, will always be up there for medal counts. And they, China. Might, they might, they might not have the most gold medals, but they're always up there. So it, it'll be fun to watch. Uh, it, it's nice to see that the Olympics will actually happen because there was a lot of question marks even for this year that if Japan was putting it on or not and they're a full go, they're You're obviously so limiting spectators. It's not like here where, you know, it's pretty much all systems go. They're not even letting spectators from outside of still, Tokyo. They still like, might be in a state of like emergency right now. I believe like, they, like I, believe they as a, I believe they are. I think they but, are. Yeah. But we'll be talking about that as it gets closer. Obviously team USA will be having, we'll have a fun conversation about them as we keep track of them throughout the summer, because once the NBA finals is over and the Stanley cup finals is over until football comes back around, there's not much to talk about, um, no. but there's plenty of to talk about today. Uh, let's get to the college football playoff expansion, Taylor. And as Ooh. you know, I'm wearing my Penn state jacket right now. I have been beating this drum for years you know this with your experience with me on air we did a lot of stuff over the years around the holiday time and that's when you know the big debate for the college football playoff is in four teams was simply not enough in my opinion that could determine who the best teams in the country were i was up for eight but i'm definitely up for 12 as well <laughs> because you cannot yeah. get it wrong and, and this is where I'm looking at it with the 12 team format, and this will all be finalized this summer. Most likely there's a lot of steam going into this. There's a lot of details that they have to hash out, but 11 presidents and chancellors have the ultimate authority to approve this this summer. And I cannot be more than excited because you have the guaranteed power five conference champions this includes the chance for the underdogs, the little guys, the Central Floridas of the world, the the Central Michigans when they were good. The uh, or well, who was it? Row the boat? Was that Western Michigan? Uh, row the yes. boat. Row yeah, the yeah. damn boat. And now they're in Minnesota. Like but that. Memphis has been a good team over the years. Liberty was really good. UCF uh, wanted to get in there. UCF was well, and they won the bowl. They, yeah. they won that bowl. They upset Georgia. So, mm -hmm. I mean, this is a team. They've been pounding the drum to be on there. For Absolutely. A while now. But Power Five Conference champion, all of them get in. You get, you know, the, the, the little guys, the, the Mac can probably have maybe have a say if they can have a representation there. Um, mm -hmm. I'm looking at, you know, multiple Big Ten teams, multiple SEC teams, maybe a second. Big 12 team, maybe a mm -hmm. second ACC team. This, yep. I, I mean, obviously I'm all for it because this gives Penn State a hell of a lot better of a chance. <laughs> but then you can definitely say you included the best college football teams in the country. Because if you've looked at the past rankings, whether it be Penn State missing out, whether it be the discussion of strength of schedule, who played better non-conference games, who who beat who by more points. Well, did this true road game matter more than this true road game? How much does their conference championship weigh over their conference championship? It, it was a it was a nightmare. It was an absolute nightmare, and I think this is fantastic for college football. Yeah, I mean, you can never have more. You can never like go wrong with more teams being in the playoff. It's just gonna be make the fans more happy. It makes me as I, I don't I don't root for a particular uh, college football team. I really don't. I I just enjoy the the whole sport of it, especially when it comes to the playoff because obviously that's the most exciting time of the year. And so yeah, twelve teams, give me it. I'll eat it up. Tournament style, let, let's go. Yes. I'm all for it. So a little background. The playoff, so when the college football playoff was established, they signed a 12-year deal. They're in year eight of that deal. So that runs through 2025. Um, the committee has reiterated that it won't change. Like if they approve it this summer, it's not going to change this year. 
and it probably won't change for 2022 either. The goal is really to get it for 2023. But but really, I mean, this isn't and and some of the traditionalists say, well, all they want is money. Obviously, it will bring in more money. <laughs> but it also brings in more of a discussion and brings in more of that tournament atmosphere. Like, look, football's a different sport. I get it. But you look at um you know the NFL. How many teams are it? I mean, it was 12 for the longest time. Mm. Now, now it's 14. But um, you, you, you bring so many more universities, more players, more revenue. It can't be anything but bad. Now, look, the negative side of it, and I do get it, is are you, you know, saturating the playing field a little, a little bit mm-hmm. with 12 teams? Like, are there going to be teams that have no business being considered? Yes the national champion. <laughs> I in, will tell you right now. Yes. Yeah. You, you, pro- you probably will. But if you're a true national champion, one, two, three, four, five are going to beat 12, 11, 10, nine. Right. Every I mean, that, that's, that's, that's kind of how it's going. And, and look, it's not going to be as simple as that. There's going to be matchups and, and there's going to be certain format, but you get the idea. Personally, this solves the problem of, Say you have, and I'm just going to use Penn State just as an example. Say you have a one-loss Penn State team and a one-loss Ohio State team. Penn State lost to Ohio State. Ohio State goes to the Big Ten championship game and then Mm -hmm. wins. But Penn State's only loss is to Ohio State, but they couldn't go to the Big Ten championship because they didn't have the tiebreaker. Penn State still has every right to be in that conference tournament or the playoff tournament. And, and the same thing goes, say, you know, Oklahoma and, and, and Texas are, you know, they they beat each other up and, and, you know, Oklahoma wins the regular season game, but then Texas beats them. Not that Texas is relevant. They, they absolutely are brutal, <laughs> but just hi, a hypothetical. But say Texas beats Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship. Mm-hmm. They're clearly two of the best teams in the country, but they beat each other and Oklahoma should not be hurt because they happen to lose to them in the big 12 championship, but they beat Texas already. You see what I'm saying? So this opens that door that will make it a little easier for the committee to say, okay, these two, these two, these two, the conversation is going to be more about the little guy. Yeah, which is which is what you want, I, I would say, especially because a lot of the complaint about the the four is that other other conferences, other teams have been underrepresented because it's usually at least one. I mean, it's always one, if not two, SEC teams, and then you know Ohio State usually, and some other team that gets in there like a Notre Dame or an Oklahoma, but. There will be obviously the the 13th team is going to be is going to be pissed that they didn't make it. And there's going to be an argument about it. Um, maybe it won't be as as intense as, say, the, the, the team that gets the five and is just outside um, because, I mean, you had 12 chances to get in. So it's like, come on now, if you if you don't make it down there, then like what complaint do you really have? But I I will never forgive the college football committee <laughs> for taking Penn State out of the college football playoff the year my senior year the year they won the Big Ten championship they mm-hmm. had two losses they beat Ohio State went to the Big Ten championship beat Wisconsin another borderline college football playoff team they put Ohio State in. And they put a two-loss Pac-12 champion Washington in over Penn State. Penn State was fifth that year, went to the Rose Bowl. Great game against USC, but I will yeah. never forgive the college football committee for that because there is no way you could tell me that Penn State on an eight-game win streak, including the Big Ten championship, didn't have any business being in that college football playoff when Washington gets shut out by Clemson their first game in. that uh, Absolutely no way. No, yeah, you, you're absolutely right in that it will it will hopefully smooth out a lot of these types of wrinkles. The the 13th team that doesn't make it, yeah, they have a right to their 12th seed, but they're not. I mean, realistically, I don't think that they're gonna assume that they're gonna win. And honestly, this whole thing might be a wash anyway because you know if Alabama's the number one seed, 
I'm sure they're probably still the best team in the country and they're just going to run through everyone anyway. But it, yeah, exactly. It may it, like the, the Alabama's, the Clemson's, even the Ohio State sometimes when they're they're actually legitimately like one of the best teams in the country, they're going to run through this tournament and it's going to be the same champion you would have had with four, probably. But at least you're giving a shot to these other teams and it brings in more revenue. It brings in more notoriety to, for players, um, especially with everything going on in college football right now uh-huh. with the, the the likeness and everything. And like, now you're getting to actually it. make yep. money. It's going to be better for the players as a whole to get more notoriety on a playoff stage. And hey, if a Cinderella can come out of one of these, it'd be fantastic. It'd be so fun to watch a team, an underdog team from like, you know, eight, nine, 10 actually be like, Hey, we're actually the best team in the country. We just don't get enough exposure. And we lost one game because of a bad, you know, a bad break on the ball a couple times or so, you know, a little March madness flavor to the college football. playoff. I I, I get that. That'd be amazing. It would be absolutely perfect. However, we're talking March, we're talking college football playoff, but how about let's talk about summer, right? Summer is typically that time of year you trade in your vehicle. I mean, so, so, when you look at Mohawk Honda, you've traded in your vehicle. Now what? If you go to another dealer, they want you to trade in right now. And there's a short of inventory everywhere in the market because of COVID. So you trade it in, you get the money in your hands. Now what? They don't really have anything for you to buy. So at Mohawk Honda, not only do they give you top dollar for your trade in, they also have acres and acres of inventory. And I mean, it's absolutely incredible how many cars they have for you to choose from. They have the largest inventory of vehicles in the entire capital region. And that means you can choose the one that's really right for you. I know I have a Honda Civic. I love it. I got it from Mohawk Honda. I still ride it to this day. It is absolutely a dream car to have. So sure, some other dealers want to talk to you about their values, but Mohawk Honda would really rather show you theirs by showing you with the cars that they have, value and selection, more importantly, the value and how you're treated at Mohawk Honda. Again, I'll bring my car in for a service. They get to me right away. They're awesome. They send you to that great, awesome lobby. They have the coffee stand there. They have the awesome waiting lounge with the comfy chairs. You could almost fall asleep in them. They they treat you like you're like you're a king there, king or queen, whichever you prefer. <laughs> Don't feel pressured though into buying something from another dealer because that's the best they can do. Go to Mohawk Honda and buy the vehicle you deserve. Their vast selection of certified pre-owned vehicles is guaranteed to fit your needs, your lifestyle, and not like the other dealers' values. This summer selection is keen and no one has more to choose from than Mohawk Honda, where they always go out of their way to please you that they do well put taylor Lattimore. <laughs> I mean, they go out of their way they do what go out say? of their way they, they they are awesome down there I, I definitely recommend you go check them out they're they're down in schenectady absolutely their their cars are all I, like i got the mohawk honda um mohawk honda civic coupe uh 2017 model and, and it's just absolutely awesome i love it two-door so Get your way down there and check out. Get yourself a new car. Treat yourself this summer. Treat yourself. Treat it's yourself. Summer. As of yesterday, it's officially summer. So doesn't right feel like it. It's sixty car. degrees and rainy. No, it's rainy. Yeah, My it's really God. it's raining bad. But I hate it. I hate it. I absolutely <laughs> hate it. But MLB, the foreign substance policy. We teased this last week, and and I wanted to get to it. We didn't really have enough time. We have time this week. Beginning, well, it began Monday at the start of the new week. Uh, that the new foreign substance policy is now in place where pitchers will be ejected and suspended for using illegal foreign substances to doctor baseballs as MLB ramps up its enforcement of an area that has been the talk of baseball in recent weeks, right? I mean, the ticky tack stuff, the spider tack on the ball. We all saw Garrett Cole's comments by or lack of comments <laughs> when asked about spider tack, I should say. Um, but this brings as many questions really at this point about how it's going to work. Then it does answer, you know, is it going to solve the high strikeout rates across the sport? You know, I, I love how we went from there's too many home runs, too many high scoring games to there's too mm-hmm. many strikeouts. What are we going to do? Baseball's a baseball's a mess. Um Really, how are umpires going to go about conducting examinations of pitchers during games? I mean, we've seen 
Some of them, players are already getting frustrated with it. And what happens if a player's caught? How differently do pitchers and hitters feel about the steps being taken? How much of an impact will this have on the product we see on the field? And we all talk about we want to speed up the game, right? We all want to talk about how the game needs to be shortened. Well, if you're going to examine, you know, a ball and investigate if, you know, pitchers doing stuff to a ball, that's only going to add more time, right? Mm-hmm. Pitchers. So, so let's get down to what's actually going to happen. Pitchers will be inspected after innings or when they come out of games. If they're doing something suspicious during an at-bat, they can be checked between batters as well. Their hat, glove, belt, that will all be looked at while the rest of the uniform is also in play if umpires deem it necessary. It's already get this is this reading this is ridiculous. <laughs> this is right out of the MLB PR thing, by the way. Yep. The one post-examination exception is for closers. They'll be inspected before they pitch to avoid awkward walk-off moments. <laughs> Umpires will be on the lookout for anything that feels or looks slick or sticky. So what happens if someone is caught with a substance? They'll immediately be ejected and they'll be suspended for 10 days with pay, though. You can get your pay. Mm-hmm. The team can. The, here's the trick, though. So not only is the team without the player for 10 days, but unlike where if a t- player goes on the IL, you always see, oh, they call up whoever. You can't replace that player on the roster. So if you lose a pitcher, you're down a man in the bullpen, or maybe you're starting rotation for 10 days. So I don't know if that's going to deter it. I don't know if this is really going to impact the game this year, or it's just another, another tactic by major league baseball to make it seem like they're doing something important to make the game better, which over the past couple of years, they've done nothing but make this product worse to watch. Well, like you said earlier, it's 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 a weird balancing act that they're trying to do where it's like, oh, yeah, like we're hitting too many home runs. We got to do something about it. Oh, this year it's too many strikeouts, too many no-nos, too many. Too, the pitchers have an advantage. Let's move the mound back or whatever. Something At least else. they're they're doing something. And this is a good way to start, I would think. If we'll maybe we'll eventually see maybe towards the end of this year or if it continues on on into next year um, that the pitching numbers will come down to to earth as as it were. Um, But I thought that it was really fitting and funny that, you know, who the first pitcher who actually got tested was who DeGrom. Shocker. Yeah, it was. I knew he was cheating. <laughs> it wasn't it Damn wasn't Mets. anything more than a just a scheduling thing where like they were just maybe the first ones to play uh on Monday or whatever but and he was happened to be the starter but he was the first one checked and obviously because the man is pitching out of his mind um they wanted the to CRA is down to point like 50 yeah, no, at, right before they checked or they checked him and then he proceeded to throw five shutout innings with like one hit. And two DeGrom, ain't, DeGrom ain't right, though, that, that something's going on with that shoulder. Oh, no, I not, mean, he's in and out. I like, to believe that. No, it, something ain't right. It's a ticking time bomb on DeGrom. It, it sucks to see even as a Phillies fan, like he has been so dominant, and so fun to watch. Something ain't mm-hmm. right. And the Mets aren't being too forthcoming about it. And I don't know if it they're being fair to DeGrom. Look, I know DeGrom has a lot of say because it's DeGrom, but Mm -hmm. at what point do you have to protect the player from themselves and kind of intervene? And clearly something's not right. Jacob DeGrom does not go five innings. Jacob DeGrom goes nine. Like (laughs) something is not right. That's true. That's true. And I mean, yeah, it's hard because obviously DeGrom wants to be out there and obviously he's, he's teetering on the point where he's, he's well enough to pitch or well enough that he can convince the doctors that he can pitch. Um, but like you said, I, I do think it's, it's kind of a tough time on where you, at what point do you want to like shut him down for at least, you know, at can't least a more it. than a couple weeks. The Mets like, can't afford I, I it. They the already Mets. have so many injuries. You have the Phillies are four back. The Braves are five back. Washington's five back. And even the Marlins are eight back. So you don't have any team. They're the only, they're the only division that don't, that doesn't have a team that's, 
10 games or more out. They don't have a double-digit team games back. So that it's entire division, theoretically, is still in it. The problem is, what what do you do if you, you push him too hard, you get to the playoffs, sure, and then you don't have him? Then right. what are you going to do? You have no chance. Well, no, the Mets, it, it, without DeGrom, the Mets don't have enough pitching-wise to survive. DeGrom exactly. has been a huge reason to why they're, they're so successful. But so um, they're, they're walking this tightrope, and it's just uh, it's working out for them now. And you pray. Obviously, we're, we're not hoping for an. I'm not hoping. I don't care. I'm not hoping for an injury. Even you, as a Phillies fan, you're not hoping for an injury. No. But you just gotta say, like, you know, at what point is it too much? You got to be careful. And you know, uh, that I'm goes hoping back. they're. I'm hoping they're walking the line. That goes. That smartly. goes to my point. Eventually, they have to protect the player from himself because Degrom is not going to want to come out. Obviously, you know that you know Degrom will want to pitch nine innings every single time out. But back, I mean, back to this rule. Yeah, let's, let's go back. The <laughs> we sud- digress. The suddenness of the implementation of this rule is still jarring to me. This could have been handled so much more smoothly. Whether it was waiting until the following off season, right? allow pitchers to adequately, I I don't know, adjust to throwing the baseball and say spring training instead Mm -hmm. of going on them cold turkey and be like, oh, we changed the ball. Oh, you can't use this because let's be honest, they were using it, but it was universal. So like it is what it is. Um, But to adjust how pitchers have to throw the baseball without a warning about an upcoming crackdown before last off, like last off season, like there was no warning that they were collecting data to see if this was I going mean, to be a thing. It's, it's been like two weeks and the league, whatever, like, right. And they were just like, and the, yep, league we're has, doing this. the league has known for years that this was a problem problem that, I mean, how long have we seen pitchers there? Their hat. I mean, you look at a Yankees blue cap and it's Brown. Uh, that's not supposed to be that color. Yeah. I mean, you look at, you look at, you know, Yadier Molina, when he caught that foul tip off the chest protector and it stuck to him, that wasn't because it was Velcro. Okay, there was a lot of sticky stuff on that ball. So, giggity. <laughs> giggity. <laughs> <laughs> the league has known for years that this was a problem with pitchers going outside of some block, pine tar to maximize their spin rate, whatever. So why not push this sooner so that the players had months to adjust rather than just go cold turkey, like I said, in the middle of a season? Um, it just doesn't make sense. But again, nothing baseball has done for the past five years has made sense. None of it. Yeah, no. And and you, you bring up the good point of uh, how sudden it was in comparison to other leagues where like the NFL – or like the NBA with this this anti, uh, you know the the shooting motion not being weird and and janky when you're going up for shots. It's not like they said, oh, like we're we're looking at doing this, and then two weeks later they implement it, and they're like, yeah, no, not Trey Young, you you can't jump into other players and try to draw fouls. No, they're they're looking into it, they're talking about it, and then next season maybe like the off season starting with the. Um, you know, the preseason, whatnot, they'll, they'll implement it and see how it goes and, and kind of feel it out. Whereas baseball is just jumping headlong into it. And I think it's, it's not being proactive. It's being reactive. They're being incredibly reactive to how this season has gone. And they think, I don't know, in their heads that the most important thing is, you know, hitting home runs and getting a ton of offense. And they've been just been appalled by the number of no, no hitters this season, how well pitching has been people like the putting up numbers that are unfathomable. Like what the do is doing is unfathomable. And so baseball saw that and they were just like, Oh, Oh no, 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 we can't have this. Yeah, no. we, we must do something. Someone so, breaking a record from 1973. <laughs> can't have that. They're just, boom. Bringing the hammer down now. And they're just like, Oh, be damned to pitchers. Hitters are the king. Let's just do this right now. Go. And it's it's very weird. It's a very weird way to implement it that quickly. It, look, baseball's a mess. We knew it was a mess. That's, you know, 
it is what it is. Um, I haven't been too shy about saying it's been a rough product to watch over the past couple of years. I mean, I still love baseball. I will always love baseball. It's, you know, America's pastime. I just wish that they kind of left it at that. I, I'm always for change in a sport. I think it's always good, especially, you know, with the changes that we've seen in the NFL with expansion or some of the new rules to get to create, like, you know, for the onside kick rule and all, all that but there's something about baseball that just seems like you have something good, kind of leave it. Like, look, we we went, we made it through the steroid era. We had a golden era there for for a while, like the late 2000s into the mid 2000s, and now all of a sudden the home runs seemed um, the ball was juiced. You have too many home runs now. We have too many strikeouts. I mean, it. it it needs to heal itself. I feel like the sport needs to heal itself. And I think guys like with Wander Franco coming up, some of these young, younger guys getting into the game, I think you're starting to see it, but it's going to take some time. And I just, I hope they stop messing with it. And I hope, I hope, I hope that they stop with the runner on second to kick off extra innings. I hate that rule so much and i'm over it i hate the seven inning double headers but that's just me i I digress i'm not gonna get too much into it it's just baseball bryce it's just baseball it's just baseball um we have a couple minutes left taylor and and we have we have another topic it's a different topic than we normally would have on this show um just because you don't really see this very often carl nassib and i know carl nassib from my days at Penn State. Uh, he he was at Penn State the same time I was there. He is an awesome person. Um, I'm Taylor, I'm gonna let you take the bull by the horns on this topic. I just I just want to say that um Carl Nassib is he he's he's leading he's leading the charge for a wave to hit the NFL. Yeah, so Carl Nassib uh, came out uh, yesterday or was it yes I think monday it was monday monday yeah, monday yeah yes yeah so to uh, monday yeah so he came out as gay um the first active player um or the only active player as of right now in the nfl and really i think in all major sports to to come out as gay um and it's huge and um many many people may not know that i am gay i have a boyfriend and i think that him coming out and being able to in the world that we're in today um, is just really cool that he's like able to, to do that and, and feel comfortable enough to do that. And I think that it's important, especially, um, you know, it's pride month and it's cool that he's able to come out. And I, I hope that it inspires others to do so. Um, Cause you got to look at it. There's like just in the NFL, there's like a thousand players if you include all the active rosters and all the other practice squad members, and then you've got the NBA and the NHL and all these other players. And I can almost guarantee you that Carl Nassib is not the only non-straight person, you know, player out there. And it just might be that a lot of them are afraid to, to come out publicly. And I'm not pressuring them any, any of them to do so. Cause obviously coming out is its own thing. It's personal for every person. Um, but, it's cool that he is. And I, I hope that it can inspire others to not only come out to their friends, their family and be comfortable to do so, but others to join sports. Like, like gays aren't not allowed to be in sports. And like, it's, it's a stereotype that like gays aren't supposed to like sports or non-straight people don't play sports or whatever, but like here he is, he's an NFL player. And so what? It doesn't mean anything. He's, he can be an NFL player and still be gay. I can be gay and talk about sports and I love sports. So it's cool and to like, break through it. the stereotype. And, and that's just it. If you didn't say what you just said right now, nobody would have no idea. Nobody would exactly. have had any idea that, that you were gay. Uh, and, and yet there's not, look, there's nothing wrong with it. Love who you love. <laughs> oh, <You're> I can't love Ben Simmons right now, okay? I know that's the reference. You can blast him to the damn moon. Um, but N- N- Nassib, he's 
and and I feel weird calling saying him by his last name. I know him as Carl. Um, when I was at Penn State, I covered, you know, my my senior year really was with the football team. Whether that was Trace McSorley, Saquon Barkley. Um, over the years, got to know Christian Hackenberg. Uh, obviously, not a great NFL name, but still a popular name. <laughs> Carl Nassib was one of the most friendliest, down to earth people that you could ever meet. And I, I look, I had no idea, none. Um, and, and it's it's just that proves to the point that it shouldn't define you as a person. Um, mm-hmm. James Franklin has come out and and supported. Uh, Carl as well, the university. I know the NFL made a statement. Roger Goodell made a statement the other day. Um, he confirmed on ABC News that Carl Nassib, who announced that he was donating a hundred thousand dollars to I don't I don't remember what charity or the, the, the Trevor, Trevor the Trevor, Trevor Project, Project, which is um an organization that provides crisis intervention and uh, suicide prevention to the LGBTQ community. Mm. So the NFL matched that. And then what's really cool is fanatics who obviously is the partner who sells all the NFL jerseys. Carl Nassib is the highest selling Jersey Mm-hmm. In the last 24 hours, he is number one in the National Football League, topping the charts. His Las Vegas Raiders defensive end jersey is the top seller across the entire NFL. Yeah, and that's incredible. And now, that's I just, think that shows you. I think that that's shows people supporting, you right right. supporting him, supporting LGBTQ community, and just the fact that it doesn't it doesn't matter. Like. If you are gay, if you're not, we're all just people. We all like sports. Some of us play sports. You know, it's just, it. you know, it, it doesn't make you any different than anyone else. And no one should feel ashamed to be that way. And and I, I support him coming out. And I hope that if there's any other closeted, you know, uh, people throughout sports. I hope they all just come out and, and feel comfortable coming out because because I know that's uh, that's a big thing like players coming out because you know you're in the locker room with a bunch of dudes and you don't want them to think that you're whatever looking or whatever or like attracted to everyone in there which it's just not true but it, it's it's got to be tough for athletes to do and I I hope that his teammates support him. I know, I know that they probably do. Um, his teammates support him and just like know that it's, it, it's okay. And yeah, that's, that's, that's what I have to say. about that. He's got a, He's got a great support system and it'll definitely be interesting to see how, you know, how this wave hits, not just the NFL, but you know, sports, all sports, all, all sports, uh, you know, hopefully this is something that'll allow other players, like you said, to step up and, and be comfortable with who, who they are and, and let the world know about it. Um, mm-hmm. But outside of that, Taylor, I said 40, <laughs> I do this all the time. <laughs> I do this every week. I said, all right, Taylor, we're going to do this in 45 minutes. We're at an hour and three minutes. Guys, I'm sorry. You have to edit this down, but I tried. I, I really did. I tried. I promise you. Uh, but here we are another full hour of awesome sports talk. And um, I could not thank all our sponsors. That does include Mohawk Honda. That does include Saving Face Barbershop up in Saratoga Springs. Check out our boy up in, up in Saratoga, Jeremiah. They're doing um, at home haircuts. Now that they can come, uh, you know, for, for a small fee, they'll come to your house and do the haircut they bring everything he was kind of showing me what they bring and giving me all the details the other day go in check out the place i i recommend going in there because it is an awesome atmosphere taylor has been in there as well I um really really cool awesome dudes to just a sit bunch there. of b- bunch of chill guys and they'll talk to you and like just very shoot the shit with you very yeah. personable and they they make sure you get the cut that you want not something that they think looks good on you they'll give you suggestions and and point you in the right direction but if you're not happy they're not happy until you are and that's that's not something you always see in a barber you just kind of sometimes see barbers do what they think is best and 
send you on your way. Not not up at Sa- Saving Face Barbershop in Saratoga. So definitely go check them out as well. Um, out, outside of that, uh, if if you are concerned about my well-being, you're more than welcome <laughs> to uh, hit me up on Twitter. I did take a little bit of a hiatus. I couldn't, Taylor. I could not. I, I could not look at social media. I could. I don't blame you. I really don't. Every, everything was Sixers it was, lost. Sixers this. Stephen he, A says he this. lost. It was, it was it was rough, but it's even worse for the Sixers. Um, it, you know, it depends on the Eagles for me. Like, if I expect them to lose, no. The the thing about the Sixers was this you was thought that they were championship ready. A lot of people did. You, I mean, you did too. Yeah, I thought um, that they were making the finals. I it, picked them it, to make the finals. And it, it, it just. I don't know. There's a lot of changes coming. We'll have a summer to talk about it. Uh, I, I have to get it out on my Philly pod before I come back and, and reel myself in and collect my thoughts. And then we can talk about it in a future episode because Daryl Morey had his press conference today. I just, I can't do it right now. I can't do it. I, I don't want to do it. Uh, Everyone but- send, send an edible arrangement to uh, Bryce. I think he really needs uh he needs something right now. Yes. Uh, and, and the, the, um, Chocolate covered strawberries are pretty good. I, I will not be afraid to admit it. I'll take some chocolate covered strawberries. <laughs> Absolutely. Just chill and watch. Just just sitting back watching the, you know, conference finals with my chocolate <laughs> dip, you know, the chocolate dipped strawberries with the with the white Your icing like on it. Ones. <laughs> uh, absolutely. The get well soon card. Absolutely. <laughs> Gladly. But get well soon, Sixers. No. <laughs> No, well, yeah, get 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 well soon. Blast Ben Simmons to the moon, and let's move on with our lives while we can. Uh, but thank you for tuning in. This was an awesome episode of Sports with the Z and a T. I'm Bryce Linsky alongside Taylor Malamore. We are represented by Godzilla Media, Same Face Barbershop, uh, and Mohawk Honda. Thank you for tuning in. We will catch you next week. Later.